Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Christ is risen. He is risen Christ is risen. He is risen That's more like it. Well done. Well, friends, there was a blind gentleman who was taking a plane flight from Seattle all the way down to San Diego, and he had a brief stopover in Sacramento. While they were there, most of the passengers exited the plane and stretched their legs out a bit, but this particular passenger remained seated with his guide dog. Well, the pilot happened to know this gentleman personally, and so he made his way down the aisle and came up to his friend and said, hey, Keith, we're going to be here for a little bit of time. If you'd like, why don't you get out and stretch your legs? Keith looked back and said, thank you so much, Captain, but uh, I don't need to stretch my legs but I think my dog does. Would you be willing to take him out? The pilot said, sure, of course. Now picture with me, if you will. You're a passenger waiting in the boarding area. And you see coming down the aisle (laughs) a pilot with sunglasses following a guide dog. That might shock you and amaze you. Well, friends, things aren't always as they seem, and appearances can be deceiving. It's Easter Sunday, friends. This is when we celebrate the most important event in human history and the greatest miracle of all time, the resurrection from the dead of Jesus of Nazareth. We've been celebrating this for thousands of years as Christians, and there are Christians joining together with us all around the world who are worshiping today, who are waking up and saying those same words to one another, Christ is risen, he is risen indeed. What a great chorus to be a part of. What a wonderful way for us to look at life. And in fact, we as followers of Jesus look at all of Scripture through that lens of Jesus' resurrection. But that wasn't the case for those who were there first. You know, as we've been walking our journey through Lent, some of you have been coming along with us from Ash Wednesday and each of the Wednesdays in between in a sermon series entitled Being Transformed. Because this changes everything, doesn't it? Jesus' resurrection changes everything. And we started from the beginning hearing stories of people's lives that have been radically transformed to becoming almost unrecognizable to the way they were before they encountered Jesus. And if you weren't here for any of those sermons, I don't want you to feel like you're left out. You can certainly go up and see them online. But here's the thing. This is really the start of the sermon series. Because none of that can happen. None of it makes any sense without the resurrection of Jesus Christ. It changes everything, and it brings everything into focus. We get to look back, but those first disciples didn't. And that's where we catch up with the story. This event that seemed so unrecognizable, so bewildering to each and every one of them. And the first person we encounter, of course, is Mary. And that is so appropriate that Mary would be the first one spoken of on Easter Sunday. Because Mary was so close to Jesus. A dear, dear friend. A patron and supporter. One whose life had truly been transformed by Jesus as he had cast demons out of her and delivered her into a whole new life. She was grateful and thankful And such a good friend and supporter of Jesus. She truly was the 13th disciple, friends. But here she is on this morning, and there's nothing to celebrate. 
She's making her long journey as the dawn is just beginning out to the tomb where her best friend is laying. The one she had seen crucified, dying a horrible, painful, shameful death in the eyes of the world. She witnessed it. She felt it as she looked at her friend. And now, she's going one last time to say goodbye. Any of you who have walked that journey to the graveside with someone who is beloved to you knows what that feels like. So there's Mary walking to the tomb. And she looks over and sees that the stone has been rolled away. And she peeks her head inside of the door and says, Oh, great. Not only did they steal my Savior's life, they have stolen his body. They've disrespected him. They've desecrated this grave, this place that she came to give honor and, and anoint Jesus one last time. So brokenhearted, she makes her way back to share this terrible news with the rest of the gathered disciples. And there's Peter and John. Peter and John, the two other disciples so close to Jesus who had been in so many of those key moments with Jesus who obviously knew that their life was completely turned upside down as well. They hear the news from Mary and they're not sure what to make of it. They're not sure to even believe it. So they begin a foot race. How do you know that the Gospels are really true? Who else would describe a foot race? There's John talking about how it was neck and neck between Peter and John. And then Peter got ahead, but then John took off and got ahead. And John got there first. And I could just imagine Peter being the guy who comes up and gives a hip check to John right by the door so he can get in first. <laughs> Peter peers in the door and sees the linens, sees the empty tomb, and it doesn't make any sense. Then John, who got there first, peeks in and sees the same. None of this makes any sense. They couldn't put it together. This is an unrecognizable situation. So they depart and Mary stays, still brokenhearted, still sitting, waiting for answers. When along comes a gentleman who she thinks is a gardener, and he comes up to her and says, who are you looking for? She turns and looks at him and says, please, friend, could you tell me where they have laid Jesus' body? He's gone. And she doesn't recognize that she's speaking to Jesus. Twice she turns to him and does not recognize who he is. I can have some empathy for Mary. I'm the new guy here. And every face is barely recognizable to me. <laughs> I'm sure I've greeted a number of you four or five times by saying, it's good to meet you, and I've already met you four or five times before that. I can't promise that that's not going to happen for a while. It's a challenge. My whole world is kind of turned upside down too. But we come and we greet each other and we say hello, and I'm so thankful that the transition team and others in their wisdom said this would be a good time for us to wear our name tags. And I'm so glad that we're going to be name, having those name tags on for the next six years. <laughs> it helps out. But you know what? Sometimes the name tag itself isn't even enough. I met my staff for the first time a couple Saturdays ago over at a friend and new member, a longtime member of the congregation actually, came in and started shaking hands and introducing myself to get to know people, 
came up to one young lady and she turned. I saw her name tag and I thought, oh, wonderful. It's great to meet you, Anna. She said, good to meet you too, and it's Anna. <laughs> oh. Well, then I turned and had some other folks who were standing with me and I looked over and saw another staff member and I said, oh, I've got to go introduce myself to Hannah. <laughs> and he said, it's Hannah. <laughs> I thought maybe I'm going to have to change my name to Darren just to fit in. <laughs> it was confusing. We're just getting to know each other and we're going to keep on that journey together. But friends, there's Mary with Jesus, the one whom she has known closely for the last three years. She doesn't recognize him. Until Jesus says one word. Mary. She sp he speaks her name. Mary. And the one who was there when the universe was spoken into existence, the word of God himself, speaks one word and Mary's life is transformed. She sees her Lord and cries out, Rabboni! And goes to see him and throw her arms around him and she still doesn't quite get it and, and Jesus wants to let her know our relationship is changed now, Mary. I'm going to ascend to be with my father and the promised Holy Spirit will be coming who he had promised before. But now he is Lord and Savior and King. But he knows Mary's name. He knows her name. And he speaks her name. Friends, do you know that Jesus knows your name too? I'm not sure what brought you to church today. There can be a lot of different reasons. A lot of folks make their way through these doors with pain and sorrow. But do you know that Jesus recognizes you and he calls you by name? Is there anything more sweet than hearing your own name and imagining now that it is on the lips of Jesus? It's on his lips today, friends, as he calls out to you. I remember growing up in my neighborhood over in Minneapolis, or actually New Brighton. And it was in the days where you used to play out until sundown with all your friends way out in the neighborhood. And we'd go out with our friends and hang out in the neighborhood until it was getting dark, and then we'd wait for the signal to come home. And each individual friend of mine had a different signal. My friend Steve, across the way, his mom would step out in the backyard with a cowbell. Ding, 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 ding. Steve knew. Time to go home, time for dinner. And then another friend of mine, another Steve, as a matter of fact, had, had a whistle that would get blown. And he could hear it from miles away, and then he'd make his way home. My mom didn't have a whistle. My mom didn't have a cowbell. My mom had a voice. <laughs> and it sounded like this. And I could be a mile away and would call back and say, Coming! I knew it was time. It was time for dinner. It was time to come home. Friends, again, I don't know specifically what brought you here today.
Many of you come here every Sunday. This is home for you. But for others, this may be the first time you've darkened the door of a church in years. It may be one of those days where somebody dragged you kicking and screaming to church today or it's one of those things that you just kind of got to go through the motions because that's what you do in this life or to make grandma or your aunt or your mom happy. Hey, I understand. I get it. And I'm not here to judge you in any way, shape, or form. Because the reality of it is life can be hard. Circumstances in life can be difficult. Relationships can be hard. There may have been a time where you were hurt by the church or where you hurt somebody else in a way that brings you shame and sorrow today. And your idea of coming back to church and seeing Jesus is not the first thing on your mind. As you wonder if he's going to be standing there with crossed arms and a shaking finger at you. Friends, let me assure you, that's not our Heavenly Father. And that is not the way that Jesus sees you. He recognizes you. He knows your name. And he calls out to you by name. Whether you are far away or nearby, he calls out to you by name. He knows who you are. He knows the pain that you have gone through, the secret places that you haven't shown to anybody else. He meets you right there, right here today, right now, with a heart of compassion and love and forgiveness. He's here to welcome you home to this family because that's what Jesus does. He makes us family. Oh, it's an imperfect family for sure, filled with imperfect people like me who will no doubt disappoint you again sometime. Let me start that off on my first Sunday here, letting you know I'm sure there's a time where I'm going to disappoint you. I'm sure there's a moment that's going to come by where you are in need and I'm going to be in such a hurry, I will walk right past you and unintentionally never even acknowledge that you're there. And you'll think to yourself, that hurts. Hey, I'm imperfect. And I guarantee you I will disappoint you sometime but I trust and know that Jesus will never disappoint you. He will never leave you or forsake you. And no matter how far or how long you have been away, he welcomes you home. And he calls you by name. That ancient recitation of Christ is risen, he's risen indeed, isn't just for everybody. It's for you personally. So think of it that way. Christ is risen today, Pastor Angie. He's risen indeed. Christ is risen today, Diane. He's risen Christ is risen today. Fill in the blank with your name because it's personal. This is the time, friends. This is the place. This is the hour. Let Jesus call out your name and let him welcome you home. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, you are so gracious and good, so loving and kind, so willing to meet us exactly where we are. And Lord, I know that many have wandered. I've spent plenty of time in my life wandering, Lord. 
And sometimes it can feel like we have wandered so far away that there's no way we could look back and see you. But in your love and mercy, you stand waiting. And the moment that we turn, you are running towards us with open arms, waiting to welcome us home. Lord, I pray that anyone within the sound of my voice today who has wandered, who has felt brokenhearted, who has broken someone else's heart, who's come from a broken family, a place that doesn't feel safe, and home is not a pleasant memory. Lord, I pray that by your Holy Spirit you would reach out to them right now you would step close to their ear and you would whisper their name to call them home. Lord Jesus, may each of us come home, not because we know the way, but because you are the way and have found a way to us. Thank you, Jesus. We pray all this in your name. Amen. Welcome home.